Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Joey. And I'm Mason. This is TBD Sportscast. Where we determine the most important sports topics of this weekend. On this episode, we're going to be talking about the Week 10 games from last week, the upcoming games from this week with all of the postponements, and we're going to be looking at the Heisman rankings a little bit. So let's go ahead and let's jump right into this. Another week of football, another week of upsets. Let's go ahead and take a look at the Georgia-Florida game. Georgia versus Florida. And they do have Zamir in there too, so a full house backfield. And here is Zamir White. And Zamir White down the sideline might have a touchdown of 75 yards. Georgia leads 6 0. Bennett. Down the middle. On the run to Marcus. Crosby St. John, and he's got the touchdown. Trask in trouble. Lofts one across the middle. Got it on the run. Got it. To shorter for the touchdown. From the Georgia two. Pierce straight up the middle. Touchdown Gators. Drask a third and ten. And it is intercepted. Picked off Eric Stokes for Georgia. Coming back the other way. And he's got a convoy. Stokes. Touchdown Georgia. Georgia with a blitz. Trask going to the end zone. Hits. Touchdown. Second down at six. Just inside the Georgia 25. Play action for Trask. Going to a wide open. Florida. Now they come with some pressure, but the ball goes to the end zone. Touchdown, Trevon Grimes. My goodness. Mathis. Or get all of it. And he got it. Touchdown, Georgia. Kiaris Jackson. Mathis fires. This one is intercepted. And that'll ice it. After this game, UGA would go on to drop from 5-12. to 12. University of Florida would go on to jump from 8-6. to six. So, um, let's talk about this game for a little bit. Um, what did you think? What did Mason think? Uh, well, it was interesting. It was the game of injuries, and it was very sad for a Georgia fan. Very sad for your boy. But let's go ahead and analyze a lot of this. So... I think the biggest thing that came out of this game is it sh- just it showed the hole in our quarterback position. I mean, you had Stetson Bennett just not able to connect with players, especially after his injury. Like, the game starts out great, right? You get a 75-yard touchdown from Zamir White on the first play of the game. Then you go on. Stetson Bennett throws a 32-yard pass to Rosemey Jack Saint. Unfortunately, he ends up breaking his leg in the end zone. I swear, that was the omen. <laughs> After that, Stetson Bennett got hit on that play. His collarbone, you know, gets hurt. Dewan Mathis comes in. And when St- when we saw that Stetson was coming out, I was like, yes, all right. We're going to get to see JT Daniels come out and play. And what, what happens? Yeah, Mathis. We see Dewan Mathis come onto the field. And I'm sitting there going, no, no, not that guy. Now, I do got to say, I got to give Dewan Mathis credit. He did do better than I thought he would, and he has definitely improved since the Arkansas game. Mm-hmm. Stetson Bennett comes back out onto the field after Dwan Mathis does three or four snaps, starts playing again. He just cannot connect. He can't connect with anybody. And then you've also got receivers missing passes, getting overthrown balls, and all these different things. And it really just showed the hole in our quarterback situation. And I'm sitting there thinking the whole time, why is JT Daniels not on the field? The guy has the most experience at starting quarterback. I said that last week. Five-star recruit out of high school. He needs to be the one playing at the starting quarterback position. 
Unfortunately, the Georgia-Missouri game for this weekend is postponed, so we won't get to see that opportunity. But um, there was other things that hurt us in this game as well. Our defense, we were missing Jordan Davis and Richard LeCount. That's a huge blow to our defense. These are both huge defensive guys that get out there and they get their man every time. And those guys are actually, I would say, pretty good at covering the pass, Mm -hmm. if anybody is. And so it was just a huge thing. We didn't have them. We weren't able to cover the pass. And that was just a huge thing for us. And going back to this quarterback situation, right? I mean, like, let's look at these stats. Kyle Trask threw for 474 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. That interception being bye-bye man Stokes on the defense pick six, which is an awesome play. And then we look at Stetson Bennett, 78 yards, one touchdown, one interception. And Mathis is even worse, 34 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. It's ridiculous. There's a huge hole in our quarterback situation. We don't know what to do. And I've been saying it all season, put in JT Daniels. At least we know that if JT Daniels comes out and doesn't play great, that at least we know that you know maybe I was wrong and he wasn't the, you know, the man for the job. But we don't know anything because Kirby's not telling us. The, the Georgia offensive coaches are not telling us anything, and we just, we're just we not hearing anything about him specifically and when we'll get to see him and when we won't. Yeah. Um, and I'm going back to what we were saying last week about this game. Um, a lot of things did factor in, like I said. Um, I said that if Georgia could not defend that pass, they, were gonna, they weren't going to win. And as you said, Kyle Trask had 474 yards passing. They they pretty much didn't even need to run it. Now they did because it opened up the pass even more. Um, but I mean, Georgia has shown that they cannot defend that pass, and um, it it just got even worse in the second half. I mean, Georgia has proven time and time and time again that. They don't know how to play a second half. They they play thirty minutes instead of a sixty minute game. Um, I I don't know what's going on in the locker room in order for that to happen, but that's what's happening, and it, it's it's unfortunate. But I mean, you also got to look at how many times did Kyle Trask get sacked? Not a lot. If it, I think he got sacked like once or twice it in my de- recollection, it was definitely one time. He got sacked one time, I think. There might have been a second time sometime in the second half, but I think it was I think it was, it was at least about, once. it was at least one sack. But I mean, and even watching that game, you notice something even more different in the second half with Georgia. Florida was running all over them. It was insane how much yardage they were getting out of the run in the second half. And I mean, sure the numbers may not say it's a lot, but I mean, it was still not George's defense. I mean, I would definitely call uh, 92 yards and one touchdown. That's probably a lot of run, especially since most of their run came from the second half when they were up by almost yeah, 20 yeah, points. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely say that them getting 92 yards and one touchdown and their rushing it just is pretty good because um, Georgia only got 165 yards and one touchdown. Mm-hmm. So, And that was that one. Most of that is the 75-yard touchdown yeah, from yeah. Zamir White on the first play. And actually, that's the only rushing touchdown we got was the first play with Zamir White. So, yeah, definitely. I don't know what was going on. Our offense just couldn't get it together. You know, defense, we're missing key players. So I'm going to, you know, add that up to that. And um, 
we've just got to do better. We've got to get our quarterback fixed, and we've got to get a set quarterback. That has got to be a huge priority for Kirby Smart. 100%. Then we need to get our defensive players healthy. I've heard that Richard LeCount should be coming back into the season. I haven't heard anything about Jordan Davis, and I'm not sure how soon Richard LeCount will be coming back in, but it is soon, and it is this season. Um, so... But those are the hugest things we got to do. We got to fix our quarterback position, and we got to, you know, figure out how to play another thirty minutes in the second half. And we've we got to get our defense healthy. So those are the biggest things with this game. And my last thing before we go on to the next topic is, last week we said Georgia or Florida has one of the worst defenses in the SEC. I think this past weekend on Saturday they proved us wrong there. I mean the statistics may say one thing, but they played absolutely incredible defense. Like you said, three interceptions in the game. It was, they held Georgia up a lot. And Georgia's offense may not be great, but Florida played incredibly well. Absolutely. And as a Georgia fan, I got to give him credit. You know, Dan Mullen and that offense, they played a great game. And we knew that they were going to be throwing a lot. Trask was throwing to Pitts, throwing to Gamble, throwing to Tony. And something that was actually surprising, I thought, about this game was that Kadarius Tony did not make that big of an impact. He barely got any passes. He barely got to run any. And I, that's where I think that our defense did prevail. Is we, we did cover their short passes, and we were able to cover their run game. Every time they tried to run, they got sacked after like one or two yards. So we covered their run game really well. But we've got to work on covering the pass. We've got to open up our quarterback position and get that just going, and we have got to get our defense healthy. Those are the hugest things. All right, so for the next game, we're going to talk about the next upset of last weekend. Uh, That's kind of near and dear to my heart. Um, But, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. Clemson versus Notre Dame. Here's the game, Kyron Williams left side, into the secondary. Williams down the sideline. Kyron Williams might go. Firing deep ball downfield. Cornell Powell with the catch for the touchdown. It's a great team. Oh, on the toss. It's right in the hands of a Wilson Tarabola. Oh, will score. On the roll. And the throw for the touchdown to Davis Allen. On the give. The referee, TN, into the end zone. And Clemson has come back from getting 13 to take the lead in South Bend. Conference. Look on the road. Goes end zone. And it is caught for the touchdown. After that, Clemson would go on to drop from one to four, and Notre Dame jumped from four to two, right behind number one Alabama. Now, while we were watching that, I could see the look on Joey's face. He was upset about this one, and it was definitely a surprise. So, throwing that over to you, Joey. Uh, let's get into this a little bit. What do you think? So, 
I'm just going to go off of everything I saw and kind of my my thought process. Um, So after a few days of kind of taking it all in and reviewing um, the footage from the game, um, I'm not going to lie when I say that that was a great freaking game from Clemson. Um, it may not have turned out very well for them, but you also got to realize this. Clemson was uh, missing three starting defenders, two of which are the basically the two quarterbacks of the defense, uh, the two linebackers. They were missing Skalski, Jones, and Davis, as, long, as well as their top defensive end because of the targeting call in the Boston College game. So they were technically missing four star defensive players. And then Brissy, he got injured um, early second half, I believe it was. So he was out, and he was the replacement um, on the defensive line. And then, of course, the the obvious, which is um, Trevor Lawrence. We were missing Trevor Lawrence. Um, I... I do have to say that I do believe that if all those players were in, I think the outcome of that game would have been totally different. You also got to look at it as uh, DJ Uyagalole. He did have a hurt shoulder during that entire game. Um, Now they were a little late on releasing that information, but he did have a hurt shoulder during that entire game, and he still threw for 439 yards and two touchdowns. I just think that that game came down to a few things. Um, stupid pl- stupid plays. I mean, you had the fair catch. And stupid calls. I would say that there was definitely some stupid referee calls in there and just some things not called. 100%. But you got to look at the fair catch interference on Clemson. The dumbest play I've ever seen. So, like, that was just ridiculous. And he's he's one of our star cornerbacks. He knows better. So, there's that. There was They were just making stupid calls. Stupid plays. Like you said, stupid calls. Um, now, I know, I know there was a pass interference call that uh, NBC really wanted out of the refs against Clemson um, late in the game. But you also got to realize the amount of calls they didn't call against Notre Dame that entire game. Um, if you're really looking at it, DJ would have had over 500 yards if they were to call the correct calls. There was also, uh, the last thing I'm going to touch up for the bad calls, there was a catch, or quote-unquote catch, that they called a fumble but he, when you really look at the footage, I don't even know how they determined this, but when you really look at the footage, he had never had possession of the ball. So that gave away possession again. And then, like I said, we, we just were not healthy. I mean, we got new people in the game. We got, I mean, Spectre's been in there for a while. But you also got to look at Venables, the defensive coordinator's son, is playing. And actually, both of them are in that game. And I mean, 
it just wasn't Clemson's defense. I mean, we had two sacks the entire game. Eight tackles for loss. And Notre Dame, they didn't do too much better on defense. But they still did enough to kind of turn us down. Um, I think this matchup will show up again in the ACC championship. And I think it will turn out differently because there are going to be a lot of different factors in there. I mean, you you don't want Travis Etienne behind Trevor Lawrence. That's the two people you don't want in that backfield against your defense. No matter what, you do not want that. And I think that when these these two teams face in the ACC championship, I think that Clemson's going to show Notre Dame that um, this was a fluke and that um, Notre Dame's going to be kind of disappointed that they missed out on the playoffs this year. But um, I don't know. It, it, it definitely was tough to watch, but um, one it was it was one heck of a heck of a game. Um, it's just hard to come back uh, thirteen points down with a lot of backups in. And I definitely agree with like pretty much everything you said. I mean, this you got to chalk this game up to just bad referee calls, stupid plays on the offense. And, I mean, on return team, right? Like, you talked about, like, you know, how did you not see a wide-open fair catch signal, right? How do you not see that? How do you hit the receiver who gives a fair catch? I mean, that is rookie mistake, just unacceptable on on a yeah. on that kind of return. And so then you also have, like, I mean, that, that like, fumble. It wasn't even a fumble, but when... Um, DJ Uyunglele, you know, hands the ball off to ETN. ETN fumbles it in his hands and just sends it right into the Notre Dame defender. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a, you know, scoop and score. And that's just ridiculous, too. And I mean, and yeah. And that was because of a um, new offensive lineman. He was, he was a backup in there because the starter was actually on the sideline. I think he was hurt that play, so. And then also, if you even look at the stats, I mean, Clemson's passing, you guys outpassed Notre Dame by about 110 points or 110 yards. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the rushing, Notre Dame outrushed you by over 200 yards. So, I mean, I guess another question I could ask you too is where was your defense on the rush? I mean, where, how, why were they not able to defend it? And it, does it go back to not having those star defenders or is it just mistake? I mean, you you can definitely go back and say that it's because we didn't have those star defenders, and I think that it would have been a, a little bit of a different outcome for sure. But um, last week I did touch up and say that Notre Dame is good at running. They're not good at passing. <laughs> Ian Book, he's a good quarterback. I don't like him, but he's a decent quarterback. Um, But when it comes down to it, Notre Dame's blood is running. And uh, you, you realize when they have to stray away from it, they make very bad play calls and decisions. I mean, Ian Book had to run out of the, the, the pocket in the red zone, and he ended up fumbling it and giving it away. Um, so, I mean, it, it was foreseen that Notre Dame was going to be able to r- be able to run hard. Um, did I think it was going to be as bad as it was second play of the game? No, but 
I definitely would chalk that to you're missing four starting defensive players who eventually will be first-round draft picks. Um, it's going to happen. Cancellations. Postponements. COVID-19. COVID-19. We chose two games from for this coming weekend that we think are going to be the biggest games. Uh, now they may be a little lackluster, but if you look at this week's games, there's not much to choose from. There's not a single ranked team playing another ranked team. It's all ranked teams playing unranked teams or unranked teams playing unranked teams. So our first game that we're going to look at is Notre Dame, Boston College. And we've been talking about this one for a little bit this week before this podcast. And I I mean, this is going to be an interesting game. I mean, yeah. I guess. Well, I mean, it's probably like the most interesting game of all the games being played this week. As a Clemson fan, I, I don't like either team <laughs> this year. But, uh, yeah, it, it should be an interesting game this weekend. I think that um, it'll be the battle of the defenses. Uh, as I said last weekend, Boston College does, Boston College's quarterback actually is a transfer from Notre Dame. Um so it's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, two great quarterbacks. Two great quarterbacks. I'll go ahead and say that. Um, one team with a really great uh, run option uh, on offense, and another team who has a great defense who can stop that run. So it, I think that this game is going to come down to, um, you know, can Boston College hold up that pass? Can Boston College hold up against that run? Um, I I. I don't think I have a doubt that Boston College will be able to get up and down the field on offense. I think it I think this game all comes down to the defense. Uh so unfortunately I I I'm I'm going to choose Notre Dame in this game. Um I I just can't foresee anybody on Notre Dame's schedule that can necessarily beat them. Um I would love to see Boston College come out and win this, but I'm going to choose Notre Dame, kind of play on the safe side here. So, Notre Dame, Boston College. I'm actually, I've been excited about this game since like last week when I heard about them playing. Um, and, you know, Notre Dame, 7 0, coming off a huge win against Clemson, you know, like knocking number one Clemson off. And Boston College, they're just coming off a win off Syracuse. They're 5 and 3. But. I think that Boston College actually has a really good chance at winning this game. I think the way they played against Clemson shows that they actually are a good team, even though they're not ranked. And Boston College is a team that they are hit or miss. They can be good one year. They can be bad one year. Usually they're pretty good. Um, but they really did almost take out Clemson. Now, you also have to look at, would they have been that close if Trevor Lawrence had been in? No. Who knows? It's possible, but we don't know. Notre Dame, though, I think they're a good football team. I think they've played well. I think they've also had a bunch of struggle wins, though, as I mentioned last week. If you want my opinion, I think they got lucky on beating Clemson. I think that they had a lot of things going in their favor. I think that Trevor Lawrence not being in the game had a huge impact. And I think that I think that Boston College can come out and do this. My pick is Boston College. 
it's possible that they will lose. Probably a pretty good chance that they'll lose. <laughs> but my pick is still going with Boston College. I'm going to go with my gut on it. I think that they can come out, and I think that they can connect and do it. And I think that's – Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I like that choice. I I think I'm just going to play it safer on my pick then. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, so moving on to the next game, Miami-Virginia Tech. The game of offense. Um, I mean, Miami – is known for the turnover change, so I guess you could say they have a good defense. Has it shown? Argument can say yes. Argument can say no. Um, I've been liking these two words today, but so what you're saying is it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. <laughs> um, but um, when it comes down to it, Virginia Tech, they haven't been able to show up when they need it to. I mean... They had a chance last week. I said Virginia Tech could be in the top 25 this weekend if they beat Liberty. I even chose them to beat Liberty. We all did. And they they, they lost last second on the field goal that was blocked, returned to a touch, for a touchdown, but the coach called a timeout to freeze the kicker and ended up giving away a field goal to end the game. Um, and just because of that Liberty game, I mean, I have to choose Miami here. It, I, I just don't... I would love to see Virginia Tech win it. I'd love to see... Yeah, I, I would love to see it, but I think Miami is one of the top three teams in the ACC, and I don't think they're going to lose this. So I've been looking at stats today a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, you have... Miami, number nine, versus unranked Virginia Tech. And Virginia Tech just lost to Liberty last week. So I think that I'm going to save us all some time here and say that my pick is definitely Miami. I mean, you got you to gotta admit, Liberty is pretty decent this year. No, I will say Liberty definitely is decent. Like, they're doing they're playing like that, great football. That mobile quarterback? Yes. Woo. Yeah, and for the third year in FBS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're doing really well. Mm-hmm. But still, it's Virginia Tech and they lost to Liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I, 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 I don't mean to say you know anything bad about Virginia Tech, but I mean I, I definitely I think it, Miami is just the logical move here. So mm-hmm. that's definitely that's definitely my pick. Things seem to be going up for Alabama being number one in the AP polls, but also now number one in Heisman for the second week straight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this portion of the show, Heisman Talk. Mac Jones leads the way f- with Alabama uh, for number one in Heisman uh, watch. Uh, he's got four out of 14 first place votes um, ahead of second place Justin Fields, followed by Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence, he dropped. He dropped again, yeah. He was in second. Now, it is understandable, though. Because he is not playing right now. And I expect that we will see him start to rise again once he gets back in. I definitely think that once it comes to ACC championship, I think um, I think the Heisman will be said and done. It'll determine who gets what and so on. And so we will, because Clemson has a bye week this week, we will see... Trevor Lawrence back in, not this weekend, but next weekend, right? Next weekend, yeah. So he'll have a whole week um, to practice and stuff and get back into the swing of things. A whole um, two weeks, right? 
Well, yeah, technically two weeks. Um, but also just getting everybody situated again. Yeah. You know. Um, so I think I think as of right now, one Mac Mac Jones, two Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, three seems pretty accurate right now. And somebody else jumping lots of spots and coming into the Heisman conversation after this weekend. Kyle Trask, quarterback from Florida. He wasn't even in the talk for it yet. No, he wasn't. He jumped Zach Wilson from BYU. Zach Wilson, Travis Etienne, Najee Harris. Um, yeah, they're all gone. Devontae Smith, Derek King. So last week when we looked at this, um, Etienne and Najee Harris were in this thing, and Zach Wilson was in fifth. Now, both of them are gone. Yeah. It's, it's Zach Wilson, Kyle Trask. Literally, if you look at this, the entire lineup, this top five in Heisman, is all quarterbacks now. Oh, I didn't even notice that. You, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. I'd, how do you think, by the end of the season, when it comes down to the Heisman ceremony, who do you think will be hosting the trophy, and who do you think will be the two others sitting in the seats? That's a tough call because I don't like looking to the future, and I think I, I think we discussed that last week. I'm a stats kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I like looking to the past and looking how we how people have done in the past and coming forward. Um, so this, my picks right now are going to be based on if these quarterbacks and players continue playing like they have been this season, mm-hmm. not counting injuries, not accounting for anything like that. So who do I think? Give or take their opponent. I'm going to put my top three up first before I pick my winner. I think that the top three, arguably, Mac Jones. I think I think it's the top three right now. Mac Jones, Justin Fields, and Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Who do I think is going to be holding the trophy? Uh, that's a really tough one. So you have to look at the schedule um, for the rest of these teams, which I'm going to pull up real quick, so give me a second. <laughs> So if you look at for Mac Jones, um, you know the rest of their schedule is they have LSU, which was this weekend, which was postponed. Um, then you have Kentucky, easy win. Auburn, the way they've been playing this year, easy win. And Arkansas. And honestly, I think Arkansas will probably be a harder matchup than Auburn. Uh, that's a that's a story for a different time. But um, if if they continue like that, that's that's a really good one. Um, if you continue looking at Justin Fields, at Ohio State, uh, you know, they were supposed to play. They are supposed to play Maryland. They were supposed weekend. to play Maryland this weekend. Um, and I think I would have probably picked them to win, but that was canceled. Um, they have Indiana. Indiana's been playing really well this year. I think that's going to be, honestly, a tough matchup. Um, Illinois, that's going to be an easy one. Michigan State, that's mm-hmm. going to be an easy one. And Michigan, I think that'll be an easy one for them. So that's going to be a good one, too. And then you also have um, Clemson and the rest of their games. So they have FS, Florida, State. Florida State, that's going to be an easy win. Pitt, that's an easy win. And Virginia Tech, that's an easy win. Mm-hmm. And Trevor Lawrence is coming back in for the Florida State game. So who do I think is going to win Heisman? I think that, if you want my opinion, I think that I'm going to go from 3-2-1. Mm-hmm. Second runner-up, Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I think that even though with their schedule, their ske- they probably have the hardest schedule, even though it's not great out Give of all take. three of those teams. Yeah. And I think that Trevor Lawrence, after he gets back in, 
you know, with their easy schedule, I think that he's going to go up again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mac Jones, I think he's going to win. Yeah. I think Mac Jones is going to hoist the trophy. I think it's going to be Mac Jones. I think he's going to win it. Um, he's got total. He's got 55 points right now. Four out of 14 first place votes. Their schedule is pretty easy for the rest of the year. I think he's going to get really good, and I think that that's going to get him the points that he needs. I think we're going to see Mac Jones ho- hoisting the Heisman Trophy at the end of this year. For me, um, I'm, I I like to base my Heisman predictions off of. Uh, like you said, statistics. Um, and when you look at it right now, Justin Fields should not even be in the top three. Now, is he a great player? Yes. But if you look at his numbers compared to everybody else, he should not be there. I think numbers-wise, Kyle Trask should be number in, in the top three more than Justin Fields should be. But because Justin Fields is Justin Fields, I have him in my top three. Of course, Trevor Lawrence and Mac Jones. We have the same top three. Now, going back to the statistics, you look at it, and Mac Jones has three games with over 400 passing yards. And then the rest, I mean, 387, 291, 249. Nothing crazy, right? And then, I mean, you got Trevor Lawrence, who, I mean, the first half of the season, he wasn't even in the game past the first half. So, um, you really got to look at it. I mean, 351 yards against Wake Forest. He was out after the third quarter. 168. He was af- He was. He was out after the first half. You got 329 against Virginia. 292 against Miami, and so on and so forth. 404 against Georgia Tech. Like you said, it's tough, but I do agree with your number three with Justin Fields being number three. But when we come down to the remainder of the season and you look at who who has to face who and how their performance will be against who and so on, you got Mac Jones against what is looking like Florida in the SEC championship. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. Now, from what Flo- what Florida showed against Georgia, it should not be easy as easy to get those passes down the field that he did against Georgia, especially in the second half. So, you look at that and then you look at Clemson, the ACC championship what will most likely be Clemson versus Notre Dame part two. This time Trevor Lawrence is going to be in. This time Notre Dame's defense is going to have an even bigger pass threat than they did the first time. I think that it comes down to those two games, and I think that Trevor Lawrence comes out holding the trophy. I think that... There's just no way he, there's just no way he can't come out with the trophy unless it is truly a popularity contest. Um, just the way Trevor Lawrence has impacted this team, you know, you gotta look at it like an MP, MVP situation. 
if this player wasn't on the team, how would they do? I think Alabama would be no different with a different quarterback. And Clemson has showed shown that, yeah, without Trevor, quarterback position were fine, but you notice that the whole team isn't running right. You know? So I think that if it comes down to what a what it should truly come down to, I think Trevor Lawrence should host that trophy. A series of unfortunate events, as you mentioned earlier, postponements and cancellations. We're now going to look forward into the top 25 matchups for this coming weekend. So to start off, I guess technically we start off with number two Notre Dame versus Boston College like we touched up earlier. Because number one Alabama and unranked LSU has been postponed. So as we said earlier, I choose Notre Dame. And I choose... Boston College. Moving on to number three. Oh, no. That would be number three, Ohio State, State and unranked Maryland, and that has been canceled. canceled. (laughs) Honestly, I would have chosen Maryland for that game. Hey, uh, honestly, I would have, too. I think that Maryland would have come out on top, especially with his little brother in there. Oh, man. He he is a freak. He's killing it, man. He's killing it. He really is. All right, so moving on to number four, Clemson and bike. <laughs> All right, moving on to number five, Texas A&M and Tennessee. It's been postponed. postponed. All right, moving on to number six, Florida and Arkansas. Finally, a game that is being played as of right now. The SEC has already had four cancellations, and we're hoping for not another one. <laughs> yeah, hopefully not another one. Um, the way Florida's played, the way Arkansas has played. It's tough to it's tough to choose. I mean, Arkansas's quarterback is a transfer from Florida. Did I like him? No. Um, Franks. Yeah, Frank. He's a good quarterback. Not a great quarterback. I think Florida comes out with it. Um. Yeah, I'm. I'm kind of in the same boat. As a Georgia fan, I really need Florida to lose because I need them to lose two more games in order for us to even get a chance at the SEC championship. Um, Arkansas's played great this year, though. They've they've they're an underrated team. They've, they've been, showed up. They've they've been playing pretty well. I mean, look at how they played against us in the first game. Now, mm-hmm. that was because Duan Mathis is just not a good quarterback. And as soon as Stetson Bennett came in, we were running up and down the field, throwing passes, getting touchdowns. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. i got to give this one to Florida. I think Kyle Trask is just too dangerous. He gets passes down the field. Um, although, I will say, Pitts is not going to be in this weekend. No, he's, he's not. still injured because of the concussion. That's so true. he's still out. So they're going to be relying on Kadarius Tony and Gamble for their for their passing. But it's still worth it, oh, especially absolutely. against that Missouri and in that Missouri game. I think that'll be just fine. Yeah, I, I, I think, think the, it's an offensive game. Yeah, for sure. Florida comes out with this one though. I think we're yeah. So all right, number seven, Cincinnati versus East Carolina. Cincinnati, hands down. I mean, first of all. Western Carolina, you never choose ECU. Go freaking cats. But um, also, Cincinnati has been playing insane this year. Um, and I don't think I've ever said it yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if they end up in the top four. Um, yeah, same here. And I'm going to go with Cincinnati as well. I think that, you know, they're ranked and East Carolina hasn't really been playing anybody. Um, and yeah, like you said. And go, they've still been losing. Go cats. Um <laughs> So, yeah, definitely going with Cincinnati. Um, 
this week, and they just came off a win against Houston, 38 to 10. Went off of Memphis, 49 to 10. Uh, SMU, 42 to 13. 28 to 7 against USF. 24 to 10 against Army. 20, 55 to 20 against APSU. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely going with Cincinnati on this one. Yeah, they have been insane. wrecking everybody they've been playing. So they're insane. Number eight, BYU and bye week. <laughs> All right, number nine, Miami versus Virginia Tech. I think we already went over this one a little bit, so I don't think we have to. Uh, you were Miami, yeah, I was Miami, Miami. So yeah. All right, number ten, Indiana versus Michigan State. This is actually probably going to be a pretty good matchup. I believe so. I mean, Michigan State had one good game against Michigan. Um, after, after, other than that, though, they've been, been, right, I guess, they still lost. But um, number ten, Indiana. I've still been skeptical over. Uh, I'm not too sure if they're good or it's just a fluke. Um, with the upset against Michigan, it makes it a lot tougher not to choose Michigan State. But also, just the trend right now, the trends for both teams, I would have to choose Indiana. I mean, they're just, they're, there's nowhere but up for them right now until they, they face a good opponent like Ohio State. And I think, honestly, I think this will kind of show whether or not Indiana um, is good. I think Michigan State's still a good football team, like you said, especially with that upset against Michigan. Um, but I honestly, I think Indiana takes this one. I think they've been playing really well. I think that, you know, maybe they haven't been playing the best teams, but they are ranked number 10 for a reason. I think they're going to come out on top with this one. For sure. Number 11, Oregon versus Washington State. That was a really game, fun game to watch. I'm not going to lie. I mean, last week I said I was, I was questioning how Oregon would play with a different quarterback than Justin Herbert since he's gone with the Chargers. Um, Shug was all right. He he didn't make them best plays. I mean, he, he was throwing interceptions to Stanford. I mean, it was, the, it was the Doctors versus the Ducks, and the Doctors gave the Ducks a pretty good freaking battle. Um, but it's Washington State. Yeah. They don't have their head coach. He's at Mississippi State now. Um, and you know what? I think Oregon has their heads where they need to be. I think they have a lot of work to do, and I think this will be a good game for them to really work on that. Um, I think Oregon comes out with this. Oregon. Yep. Oregon. All right. It's cool. Number 12, Georgia versus Missouri. Postponed. Postponed. Dang. All right. Well, Moving on to the next one. Number 13, Wisconsin versus Michigan. It's not canceled nor postponed yet. Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin, is still going through a struggle. Same with Michigan with the the whole COVID. So I'm interested to see if this game ends up happening. I'm choosing Wisconsin. There's no explanation towards it. It has to be Wisconsin. So I'm also going with Wisconsin. The way Michigan's been playing this year, they lost to Michigan State. They also lost to Indiana. Um, you know, I really just – I don't think that Harbaugh has it in him to do it. So I don't even think it's necessarily the coaching. I just think that what he has to work with, I, I, don't, I don't think he has enough to work with. 
I mean, that's fair enough, but um, I'm still going to go with Wisconsin on this one. So, All right, next game, Oklahoma State. Bye, Bye. week. <laughs> All right, so do we move on to number 15, Coastal Carolina versus Troy. CCU, baby. Um, this is actually going to be good, a good game. Chance clears versus the – I think they're like what the Trojans or something. Troy, the yeah, Warriors yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, that's unfortunate. I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean this this is gonna be a good game, but Chanticleers have been killing it, dude. And I, I just can't. I, I can't go against them. I, I have to go for the home team. Yeah, for sure. So if you guys don't remember from last episode, me and Joey are both from Charleston, which is only about a two-hour drive from Coastal. Uh, so we're gonna go with the home team. I'm going to go with Coastal as well. They've been I, killing I, it. They've been, like, destroying every team they've been playing by at least 20 points. Um, you know, they just came off a win against South Alabama. They're s- either 7-0 and or 8-0, and mm. they're killing it. So I may I'm hoping end up that, wearing my CCU gear this weekend. <laughs> I'm hoping that that streak continues. 100%. Uh, number 16, Marshall versus Middle Tennessee. Who you got? So the only thing that I really know about Middle Tennessee is that Georgia plays them like at the beginning of every season as like a warm up game, <laughs> and uh, I don't know who Marshall's been playing, but it seems like they've been playing some cupcakes. Uh, so that's kind of a tough one, um, but I'm gonna go with Marshall on the basis that they're ranked number sixteen, and I don't really know much about Middle Tennessee. So. Well, I know two things about Middle Tennessee. They got some pretty cool uniforms, cool colors. And I used to play them on NCAA 14. Um, <laughs> no, I, I haven't really kept up with them. They haven't been worth keeping up. Marshall has been pretty consistent with being in the top 25. I think that's like the third or fourth year straight they've been in the top 25. I, I'm picking Marshall. Awesome. All right, number 17, Iowa State. Bye, Bye. week. All right, number 18, Oklahoma. Bye, Bye week. <laughs> number 19, SMU versus Tulsa. This is tough. I mean, Tulsa is known to be an upset team. SMU has been known to be a team who chokes against Tulsa in this game. I think last year SMU lost. Um, it was a close game. I can't remember. Was it last year or two years ago? Um, it, it It's a tough call, but I, th- I think when it comes down to it, I think I'm going to be choosing uh, SMU uh, for this game. So I think I'm going to – Go with SMU as well. They're seven and one right now. Um, they're second in their conference, number nineteen in the AP poll. Um, I just don't know much about Tulsa either, except that they're unranked. And again, based on stats, I'm gonna go with SMU. Number twenty, USC, the real USC, University of Southern California, versus Arizona. This is so tough. I I chose Arizona State last weekend. Oh, and I was so close to being right. You were, but not close enough. But I will that say onside kick USC, killed me. USC had that struggle win though. They barely got they that. They had win. the struggle win that saved them. I'm telling you, um, they shouldn't have come out with that win. If that onside kick would have gone any other way, it would have been over. So, but it's Arizona. But you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give Arizona a shot. I know they got a good quarterback. I know they got a decent offense. 
if they make the right decisions, I think they can pull it out. And we're going to see Joey be wrong again next week. Uh, <laughs> my my pick's going with USC. I'm just going to pick the one who's ranked on this one because I don't know much about Pac-12, and uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go with them. So It's pretty. It's been pretty consistent that we've been yeah. choosing the, the ranked teams. I figured yeah. now's the right time. All right. Number 21, Texas. Bye week. week. Number 22. This is going to be a fan favorite for this one. Liberty versus Western Carolina University. Out, Go baby. freaking cats. Uh, I think I can speak for both of us on this one that uh, Western Carolina is our pick because we're going to we're gonna pull for the home team. That's really tough. I was going to choose Liberty because there's no shot Western wins this. <laughs> Dude, I don't know though. See, that's the thing is – well, see, that's the thing, right? Is like this is Liberty's fourth game, right? So something like that. Third or fourth game that they're coming into. Uh, so they've had already had some chance to play football. Uh, this is Western Carolina's first game. So SoCon um, actually canceled all of the games for this season. For um, fall, they moved for it fall. to the spring. So yeah, we're actually playing football in the spring, which is going to be interesting to say the least. Um, but Western Carolina, they haven't played a single game. They're about to go into their first game against a ranked opponent, um, I'm going to go with Western Carolina just to go with the home team. Do I think they're going to win? Probably not. I hope they get the dub. That'd be cool. But we'll see. We haven't seen them play this year. And, dude, they could come out, rock it, and win the game. We don't know. We haven't seen them. I'll play the home home team and I'll choose Western, but there's no shot they're winning this. (laughs) I mean, I'll wear the gear. I'll cheer them on. I'll try and pull it up on TV just to say I watched it, but... There's no shot. <laughs> All right. Number 23, Northwestern versus Purdue. Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, I think we're both going with Northwestern on that one. All right, number 24, Auburn versus Mississippi State. Postponed. Postponed. <laughs> number 25, Louisiana Raging Cajuns versus South Alabama. You know, this is actually a lot tougher of a pick than I thought it would be because... Louisiana was ranked at the beginning of the season, I believe, and then they got knocked out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they beat Ohio. I'm pretty sure they beat Iowa State, like their first game. Probably. Um, honestly, do I want to choose it? Do I want to go with the trend and pick the ranked team? No, but it's South Alabama. Granted, South Alabama did put up a really good fight against Coastal Carolina. Um, a lot closer of a game than I thought it was going to be. But I'm gonna choose Louisiana. I'm also gonna go with Louisiana. So I actually have a friend down in Louisiana, um, Lafayette, and uh, I think it would be cool to see them come back up in the rankings and win this. So uh, yeah, my pick is Louisiana. And with that, that concludes this episode. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Joey, and I'm Mason. And unlike all the games in the SEC this weekend, episode three will not be postponed. So we'll see you next week.